films and teams and teams and films films and teams and teams and films hello what's up my beautiful people I'm your humble host, Sharda Kay, and you're on with Films and Tings. And it's Black History Month, and you're in for quite an episode, so please get comfy. First, I need to address with severity how unbearable and damaging it is to see that we are still being killed and grossly mistreated in this country, and now, more than ever, it's important to band together as BIPOC communities and continue to do so. There's still gross injustices happening in our so-called free country, and we cannot let up. Support the cause however you can, whether that's speaking out, protesting, being a positive voice, a positive ally, and supporting our black and brown social justice movements and businesses. And remember to take care of you too, please. Speaking of positive voices today, we will be having a special episode planned, of course, for Black History Month and for the first interview of yours truly on Films and Tanks. Let's get into it. What's up? Welcome to Films and Tanks. I would love to introduce my guest slash interviewer. It's Cass Karim, also known as Sci-Fi. Yeah, that's me. What's up? What's good, everybody? So happy to have you on here. I think this is your first time, right? Yeah, this is my first time, but you know I've been watching the show since like day one. I know, you one of my day ones. I appreciate it. Uh, Cass, also known as Sci-Fi, um, has helped me in the past with my previous theme song and has always just been working within um, video art and the art world. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump into my interview? Yeah, so, you know, we're family, obviously. But <laughs> I've been making art like my whole life. I pretty much do video performance artwork and kind of trying to meld like music and video art and performance together. So right now I'm working on some music, working on some visuals. But yeah, yes. So in the fine arts space. Um, yeah, and didn't you just uh, put out some music with a group as well as a solo album? Am I, am I saying that right? I released a track called Top Gothic on Spotify. So that was just from me. That was for all my, you know, queer and trans people of color out there, all the kids out there. And then <laughs> I made a song with Symphic, which is our other music group. Yeah, so definitely check out Sci-Fi and Symphic on Spotify and Apple Music. Mm -hmm. We got YouTube Music, we got everything else. Yes, they're about to blow up and it's so good. Um, and as you know, you can locate my previous episodes, but you can follow me at Sharda K Films underscore N underscore Tings. And I always update the show as well as post promos for other artists and creators. Great. So this episode, we are actually jumping into something a little different. Um, we are going to be graced by an interview um, of me uh, being interviewed by Cass. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, it's really hard for me to talk about myself sometimes. And I think this would be a great opportunity for 
my fans and my listeners to get to know me a little bit better. So I'm not just some girl they're listening to. They're like, yo, that's my girl, you know? <laughs> exactly. I'm excited for everyone to get to know you as well as I know. I was just going to say that I think it's funny because I love interviewing other people and love interviewing industry professionals. But when it comes to me, I'm like, that's what I was going to ask. I'm like, why do you feel that way? I've always felt that way, even in like, even in settings where, you know, you're meeting like a group of academic people, like, you know, you're starting school or you're starting a new class or a new group or collaborative and then you get to that point where they're like okay introduce yourself but I'm like I know I I don't know I don't know why because I mean I definitely am half extrovert but I'm also still half an introvert so I feel like when there's like a spotlight put on me I just freak out a little bit and it's so I think it's really funny because it's it kind of goes against everything I have done like being in theater and singing and acting and doing all that stuff, I still struggle with it. Um, so I, this is also a challenge for me. And that's why I wanted to challenge myself to get more comfortable talking about myself. Yeah, I get you. So you think you so, prefer like being behind the scenes? I love being behind the scenes, but as much as being like a podcast host is behind the scenes, I still get very nervous producing a show, producing an episode because I want it to be excellent and I want it to be perfect. And just been going, getting into that space of learning how to, you know, uh, we're not trying to be a perfectionist, but it's like we work towards perfection. Right. And I like that a lot better than being a perfectionist. I like, I think that's something we definitely need to focus on. But yes, we can jump into it. I mean, I get you. I don't like talking about myself either, but I appreciate that, you know, putting yourself out there and doing it anyways. Yes. I mean, what I would probably start off asking is just like, how did you grow up? And like, kind of did that influence anything in terms of you like going into film? Like, what was that spark of passion you had where you were like, this is what I want to do? Hmm. That is a loaded question (laughs) because I feel like I have a lot to cover, but I will do my best to answer all those parts. If you haven't started the show, Films and Tings, from season one, I talked about growing up in Brooklyn, New York, and then going to Queens, and uh, raised by a single mother with my sister, and growing up at that time, the early 2000s, you know, it was not easy, I'm not gonna lie. And I really don't know how my mom did it, and praise to her. Uh, She is one strong woman, and I've learned everything, uh, part of, the woman that I am comes from her. And it definitely was a challenge. And I think that being a part of that adversity and also being around all the diversity that's there was a blessing in disguise. Um, Because, you know, growing up in a struggle is not always, you know, you're not always able to see the positive side of things. And it's definitely taken me years to appreciate the things that we had to go through living there. And a lot of it is not pretty. Um, Some we can't even talk about on here, but you know, a lot of it made me into be the strong and independent woman that I am. And that's all thanks to my mom and raising us and just, you know, always knowing to like get back up, I guess. And that with film, I think is 
it kind of reflects the adversity of being a female or a woman of color within the film industry because there is a ton of adversity within that category, I guess, if you would categorize yourself. Because as much as I, I don't like having to say that I'm a woman of color in this and a woman of color in that, but unfortunately that's the world that we live in and that's what the world sees me as first and foremost. So getting, <laughs> getting that, uh, I guess like exposure initially into life, that has what sort of fueled me because I've always known it wasn't going to be easy and I still decided to pursue it anyway because I also know that nothing important ever comes easy. So, um, and that going into film was, I guess, growing up in the world that we lived in, uh, coming from an Afro-Caribbean, Afro-Latino um, background as well as our South Asian Indian background. There was a lot of things we were sheltered from on either sides of our family. And, you know, being growing up, I feel like I was only exposed to certain types of content, um, really just like positive content sometimes. I really got to see anything that reflected communities in other parts of the world, namely POC communities, black communities in New York and LA and, and, in the South. And I was also exposed to, you know, Bollywood films, of course, you know, that's what we watch. But growing up, I feel like I forced myself to expose myself to all different types of content. And that really made me appreciate. So like, there's so much that can be done, so many beautiful things that can be done with film and with uh, creating content because it can be representative and it can be so powerful to so many communities. It can uplift us, uplift us in so many different ways. That's, I think, what really drew me in is how powerful a piece can be. And, you know, with that type of power, I know it's kind of cliche, but it comes at responsibility. So we, of course, have a lot of um, hurtful and detrimental content out there as well. So I think recognizing that those things hold that power and knowing that we can use that power to create positive change that's what really propelled me into uh, starting i guess my love first and foremost and then my research and passion into film filmography directing and writing and editing and just being in the production process in different areas okay. that's beautiful <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a long-winded response that was a good response i know i i kind of went heavy hitting with the first question <laughs> yes you did um but i'm thinking because you were saying like there are some things that like need to change or like what are some practices that you do think like need some change in the industry oh man there's so many <laughs> um and I don't want to say that. I want to preface this by saying um, I'm young in in comparison to how long the industry has been going on and going back to the earliest films from the 30s and very early or late 20s. There's a lot that's gone on, so I can't obviously cover that. But in this day and age right now, I think that we are making a, a good amount of... I think we're making somewhat of a dent in the issues that need to be tackled within the industry. Uh, I have so much to say, so I'm trying to organize it in my brain right now, but 
I definitely believe there needs to be better representation and increase in representation of women and women of color and LGBTQ and um, LGBTQ of color, like within the industry, behind and in front of the camera um, in different, of course, in different departments. But I think that's something that really needs to be a change. I think that that's been improving a lot in the last 20 years or so, but a lot in comparison to almost 100 years of doing this, I feel like, you know, there still needs, that resurgence still needs to be, you know, the fire still needs to keep going underneath that. And I think we're doing a great job, especially with the people that we have uplifting us in the industry, um, in those different um, diverse categories, I guess you could say. Uh, it's just seeing people like us and seeing other people like us, seeing that, seeing our minorities and seeing our marginalized groups behind the scenes and in the camera, because it's not that diverse in the grand scheme of things, because there's hundreds and hundreds of TV shows, movies being filmed constantly. So I would love to see that. That's, that's something that is moving towards in that direction and growing for sure. Um, and then recently in the last year in 2022, uh, there was an IATSE strike. If you're not familiar with IATSE, it's a big union that a lot of us uh, non-union and union workers work under films for and TV shows and whatever. Um, and there was a huge strike basically going about the working conditions and just how everything has been, uh, like the unsafe, the excessively unsafe and harmful working hours, the low wages um, for like, the intense paid crafts, uh, the intense crafts, uh, what else? The inability to provide like substantial amounts of rest during breaks and meal times and turnaround times between work days and weekends, and then just allowing them to uh, get paid. Like the amount of productions that were paying people minimum minimum rates or minimum wage but the productions themselves had excessive amounts of, of budgets or like they had excessive amounts of money within their budgets so stuff like that um, was being raised and there was a strike last year and i do believe that there has been some change um i can't speak directly because i need to uh, commune with some of my onset folks because i haven't worked in production in like nine months or so but I do believe that the hours have been reduced, but I do see that, um, I do see a small change happening. I think that it needs to be uh, a reoccurring change or a, it needs to be a consistent change and it needs to be progressive as well because it's just happening. And it's been, this has been an issue in the industry for many, many years. Like I've worked with people on set who are well within their 60s, 50s, you know, and they've been, they've seen how it's been. They've been working these 12 hour shifts and it hasn't changed at all. So it definitely needs to be something that we need to stay on top of and stay on top of the unions with, and as well as like keeping that a solidarity amongst us because you know it's really us that the, the change starts with but yeah that's that's what I've been seeing a lot um in terms of what can be improved um the inner workings of production basically what I just covered and then the inclusion and representation of providing those opportunities to people of color and the LGBTQ plus community as well all of that needs to get better and I feel like it has and I think that 
that's sort of why I've shifted into the mode of production I've been in now. Recently, I've been working on um, collaborative projects that I'm kind of staying away from network or industry productions for right now, unless I really like the project slash, you know, crew that's on there. But I've been working on projects that are really important to me and working with other people of color and other filmmakers that are, you know, working on projects that are important to us and our communities. Right. No, I get you. I mean, I have two thoughts, but I think the first one I want to ask is, do you have any like favorite queer trans people of color in the industry or films or anything that like maybe you'd like to shout out or just people who inspire you? Oh man, I feel like there's definitely a lot. I know there's a lot and I would love to save that for a future episode to go more in depth because I think especially in the last couple of years, we've had a nice uh, surgence of that in the industry um, as well as, you know, in indie as well. But I would say off the top of my head, um, of course, Laverne Cox, uh, Janelle Monet, and Lena Waithe. Uh, just wonderful, wonderful people. And they're just making some huge moves in the industry. And I just love them. They're just they're just bad bees, you know? <laughs> Do you feel like your identity at all like plays into how you make films or how you cast people or anything like that? Most definitely. I think that I know that my background and my passion for uh, social advocacy for people of color and LGBTQ plus makes a big difference into the projects I work on, the content I work on, and future things that I could consider myself being on. Like, you know, if someone is throwing out a pitch idea and they're like, we're not working on it right now, but I want to see if you're interested, for sure. Um, it definitely influences the characters that I write because I want to see that diversity. I want I want to see more people like us and more marginalized groups on the title posters on Netflix. You know, I the tropes I see on there are a bit tired and I just would love to see a more diverse mix and definitely something that represents the world that we live in. And so, yeah, that's very important to me, um, highlighting people's different backgrounds and cultures and, uh, just their identities, you know, like I, that's, that's who we are. And I would love to see that be real and represented. And I feel like the more real and the more that we adhere to this type of, I guess, like mode of work and mode of application into the writing and into whatever we're creating, it will really boost and promote so much positive change from there. And it'll just, you know, reverberate across the social realms and, and spheres, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. We're trying to include everybody. Yes, it's a beautiful world once we realize it. And I just, you know, I want to help be a part of that change and help however I can. The second part of the question that I was going to say is like in terms of mental health within like the film industry, is that something that has been a personal like problem that you've had to face and also like in general like is it a problem that is not being addressed like in the industry itself <laughs> I don't mean to laugh um it's just it's just yeah um I don't think it's being addressed as much as it could be and I know it kind of ties into my earlier 
um, spiel about the IATSE strike and better working conditions and all of that, how the industry can improve. But that does give us like a little time to talk specifically about mental health within the film industry. I would love to see a little bit more dedication towards that because of the strenuous hours and the amount of stress that they put on crew members. Um, it's not, it's really not pretty sometimes. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I will also, I wanna say this because in the grand scheme of things, and I talked to many people on production about this who work in production, and they're like, we're not saving lives. We're not like, we're doing, we're making a movie. So why are you jumping down someone's throat or, you know, belittling them or degrading them because I don't know, the coffee order came in wrong or a line needed to be changed at it. Like, I get it. I get it. I know I explained this in the last episode where time is money and it's a very strict schedule. I get that, but I also would love to see some sort of balance between, you know, these are still people that are making this work, that are creating, you know, something beautiful. And I would love to see a more dedication towards mental health, maybe even like, you know, um, uh, some sort of voucher or some sort of insurance towards that because yeah you can get insurance through unions and that's that's not something my, i don't think my listeners want to care to hear about but it's a little more complicated unless you're working on a production like constantly it's the only way getting insurance through production is really worth it so i would love to see something like that especially for like day players or um people who are just working on like one production every couple months or something like that and yeah i mean I can't tell you how many times I've seen someone break down. I've broken down myself and it's not, it's not pretty. And I don't think anyone deserves to be treated like that anywhere. And yeah, I think that for the people who are still working on set and in production and are still going through this, I know it's hard, but you got to put yourself first. And unfortunately, sometimes when we put ourselves first in these situations, we will get fired. And that's the reality of it. And I think that the more that we advocate on it, we talk about it, it could change, it will change. And I definitely am seeing a growth in that area with productions that have like younger production heads and things like that, you know what I mean? Because I don't know, I just feel like they're more understanding, they're more realistic because I've also worked on productions where the producers are like, you know, six years old and they haven't been on set in I don't know how many years, you know, so it's just, definitely a problem that needs to be addressed and want my public and people in in and out of production to know um that you are important and you do matter and that your mental health is very important and no one should ever be making you feel any type of way or disrespecting you you know you're more important than a movie or a show so yeah exactly i mean yeah i think they like to treat people like they're expendable on certain like big sets oh yeah from my experience and your experience like I was gonna ask you actually like what is the craziest thing (laughs) that happened on a set you worked on oh man because you told me some stories I know there's some stories I don't think some I can repeat on here but I will say yeah I think it's not the expendability that is felt by people on the crew and I say mainly the crew because it's rare that like obviously being a cast member is it's different. I'm not, I haven't been a cast member. Um, I've been in theater when I was a kid, but that's different. And, you know, that's a different type of stress. I'm talking mainly about the crews and the, the crew members in different production teams. I feel for you, my heart goes out to you. Like, 
there's no reason that that needs to be happening and it really does need to be changed. You are a human being. You deserve to have rest. You deserve to have food and water and drink. You deserve to like chill out. Just, I just need to say that, but, oh man. I mean, I've been yelled at and cussed out at by a um, supervisor above me. And then like a second later was like trying to like smile and crack jokes with me. I thought that was hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? There's so many things, girl. Like, I wish I wish I would have like next time. Maybe I'll have like a future episode where I'm like I just list out all the crazy things. I know there was one time there was like a huge um, trailer, like 18 wheeler trailer that got stuck in the mud for like several hours, and it set back the the shoot for like five hours or something. Ooh, we found a tarantula once. Um, on a production like parking that. lot, it was it was so random. Uh, I didn't touch it. it. I I didn't find it. It was like one of the drivers had found it, like walking around in the parking lot, just randomly, and he caught it. And I was like, nah, but I do want to see it for a second, <laughs> just because I know. Um, what else? I know. Oh, one of the like cast members got locked out of their trailer because they were like high. <laughs> Oh, uh, I one time a producer like walked off, like just walked off in the middle of production and like handed me a bunch of money and was like, here, this is your responsibility now. And I was like, oh, I don't like this. There's, yeah, there's been, there's been some crazy things. Um, Those are all, I mean, really crazy, like could be a whole other episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I know there's probably more, and then like not a personal experience, but it happened in tandem while I was working on a different production, and um, the incident that happened on the Rust site, on the Rust production with Alec Baldwin, um, that was a horrible, yeah. horrible incident. Like my prayers and thoughts go out to the cinematographer's family. My condolences and my heart goes out to those that lost loved ones. Right. Do you think it was like just like people being overworked and like that? Because I feel like I definitely you- think so. I think that there was uh, poor working conditions as well as lodging and travel. I think I remember reading that about this production. So there could have been a lot of crazy things happening before this even happened on set, which I believe was happening with the production and with um, people just being unhappy working on set and just how they were being treated, which is fair. But what led up to that, what led up to the final incident, I don't know what perspired, but I think that, like I said, I think it was, it could have been avoided. And I think that it was negligent, but I don't know how there's a way to determine if it was done purposefully or not. And that's really horrible. Right. I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people raise like concerns about the industry in general. Like after that happened, it very much was like, we- people to sleep properly or like be in good health because like that could have been easily yeah this is something that i feel like crew members have been asking for or been pleading for for years for forever and and then i'm even a step further with the uh the prop master the weapons master like at least on any set i've been that's used a fake weapon there are some very strict guidelines and rules that we have to follow so for that to happen in that way with such like a big name uh, and big names i just was i think we were all a little bit flabbergasted because i was just like it seems very unprofessional and 
if it's not unprofessional, then someone had to do it on purpose. Right. No, I get I get you. I mean, that's like a whole other conversation. Yeah. And I definitely am here to see the improvements being made. I am waiting for it. And then when they're made, I will I'll rejoice. I'll be happy. But like in the meantime, we definitely need to keep working towards that goal. Right. I mean, I was going to ask, like, following, I guess, like, you having this experience now, is there any advice, like, you would give to your younger self before, like, entering the industry or just, like, advice to your younger self, like, if you could? Ooh. I think if I could talk to myself, like, as a, as a little girl, like, 12, <laughs> Um, like if I didn't know anything about this and I was like, Hey, you're going to be a director, writer, editor. I need you to know some things. Um, I would probably start by saying like, you don't need to do everything on your own. That's something I learned the hard way in school, especially I was trying to do projects on my own and I learned the hard way how to collaborate, which now I'm like, I'm a fantastic collaborator if I say so myself, but it's taken some, some grit, I will say, because I'm the type of person that I like to get things done the right way and I know that I can control things a certain way and I can rely on myself and that also that has some other personal undertones to it but um, definitely affected the way that I was working and how the work came out and so once I learned that it reflected in my work and just like how I was able to trust other people to do what they said they're going to do because that was never the issue. Collaborating was never the issue. It was always just allowing myself to uh, meet the right people, to work with the right people, work on the right things. Um, another bit of advice, it really has to do with mental health, is just like making sure you take care of yourself and giving myself grace. And that, I guess like talking to myself and knowing like, hey, I know you know this is going to be hard, but like, I really need you to understand that you're going to face some adversity and that's intentional. Like you're a black woman in America. That's how people see you. Yeah, I mixed. That's how I'm seen. And that's how I carry myself in this world. And, you know, it's not that that's the truth. It's not easy to find opportunities within the film industry as a black woman, at least through networks and productions. Like you really have to grind and that also goes into the whole, you know, the things we were talking about before with the working conditions and IOTSI because that's the type of industry it was. Like you had to know someone who knew someone or you'd have to be willing to work in the same type of position for years being underpaid and overworked. So, you know, there's that. And then just like, I guess, not being so jaded. I think I've come full circle with being jaded by the industry to now being appreciative of my experiences because now I know what I like and what I don't like, what I want to be a part of, what I absolutely don't want to be a part of, and just my expectations of working with production productions in general um, on different scales, you know, networks, um, independent, uh, commercial, all of that. That really made me look at things like, you know, even though it's a big production company, they don't always have their shit together. They usually don't. I've been on a lot of productions and it's only been, I've probably only been working on productions for five years. And so to the people that have been working on production for like 30 years, they've seen some shit and I've talked to them. And it's wonderful because they really are 
the ones that are like really in it, they will keep it 100 with you. Like they will tell you like, this is what it's like, you know, take care of yourself. And I love meeting, I, that's one thing I really do love about being on set is meeting those genuine folks and then also making those genuine connections because everyone I've met on set or otherwise worked with, I still have those contacts and they end up reaching out to me eventually. Um, and just, you know, overall, just like loving yourself and being there for you, being a better friend for yourself. And no matter what challenges you face, like the right thing is coming for you. And to keep doing what you're doing, like keep striving to what you, what matters to you and to creating that positive change that matters to you so much and spreading your love. Right. I love that. <laughs> I'm like, that was cute. Thanks. Um, also like very true. Like I, I think I was gonna ask like, what's, a goal of yours like on set you know maybe like something you haven't seen before something you'd want that would be different on your set for example than like maybe these other sets you've worked on or things yeah like on my set i would love to see a i guess like in a more open communication and less uh i guess hierarchical type archetypes on set especially with producers and how they interact with people because I feel like going into the industry you can really feel like an ant compared to people especially the way that things are run socially it's not even how you carry yourself it's just how things are and so that can be changed I think that the relationships and communications could be better I would love to see on, on my sets they're, they're, it's going to be hella diverse like you know, everyone's gonna be on set. Everyone's gonna be in production. And that's what I want. I want open communication. I don't want people to fear me. I want just, you know, demand respect, but you don't need to fear me. Um, and as well as the other production heads, I want there to be, you know, a collaborative experience as well. And if someone has a great idea, I want them to feel like they, um, they're comfortable to do that and share that with us. I don't want them to feel afraid. It's, it's it's small stuff like that, I definitely think. Uh, not the diversity, that's a huge thing for me, but everything else, I think those are small changes that could affect productions in a big way. Right. Yeah, I mean, one thing I would ask is like, what are some ways for people to break into the industry? Like people who don't have previous experience or do you recommend them to like go to college? Is there something else? Mm -hmm. Ooh. I'll keep it short. Uh, I went to college because I wasn't, I didn't have the privilege to be able to pick up like a camera and even like figure out what I love to do. I just knew I loved movies and I knew that something was in it, but I've always been a very strong writer and leader. And I've always been like a nerd, <laughs> like in everything. Um, the only reason I went to college was because I needed, I felt like I needed experience. I had no way to get exposed to that. Uh, moving from Brooklyn, New York and Queens to Texas, Central Texas, uh, there was only so much I could do in that area. So I did decide to go to college and I've had many great experiences with my professors and colleagues, but I will say that it is a privilege to be able to go to college and to be able to afford that. And I think that if you're able to avoid it and you're able to have that privilege of, you know, being exposed, working on set, or even having someone who works in production to talk to you or even mentor you, that's the way to go. Um, but I will also say that I learned a lot being in school and that because specifically UT's film program was very lucrative in terms of knowledge 
and just like building up that um, rapport of learning everything. I had a lot of hands-on experience and I think that is what is the great thing about being in college. Definitely take a lot of labs. You know, that's how I learned most of my things. And then I did a lot of work outside of class. I worked on a lot of projects um, and uh, graduate thesis and things like that. So college is great in that respect, but I will say that there's tons and tons and tons of resources online, like Udemy courses and lynda.com. And uh, I think it's like filmschool.com or nofilmschool.com. Uh, there's tons of resources that you know, film geeks and just people who want to get into the industry want to just get their toes wet. But I would say really like looking into uh, mentorship programs, you know, places like HBO and uh, like BET and AMC, all those networks, they do writers programs and workshops. So I would just do your research and to see like what type of work you'd want to do for sure. If you're a person that wants to go on set, I think for like fresh off, not even knowing anything, it'd be great to be like a production PA if they're open to you know hiring you without any production uh, production experience, or if you're wanting more on the back end side of like writing. Writing directing is a little bit more complicated because honestly, you have to have some other skill sets to want to break into the industry as a director. Because I am still breaking into the industry as a director, and that takes more like working on projects. Like you have to be willing to work on short films and writing always and applying to like grants and things like that. So it's definitely its own <laughs> job in itself, but there's definitely resources out there. And you know, if anyone wants to reach out to me directly via the show, I would be happy to answer questions either, you know, directly or over the next episodes. Yeah, I feel like, you know, films and things might have a little mentorship program in the future. <laughs> we don't know. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we talked about so much. I think I wanted to ask some like fun, some fun questions. Okay. <laughs> um, the one that I have is if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Mm. I... Oh, okay. I have to pick one. Is this like right off the top of my head or like I... Off the top of your head. I already... Okay. Yeah, you, you, we've talked about this. Off the top of my head, it'd have to be flying because I could travel anywhere in the world and we already know I'm a mermaid. So I'd be probably flying to go to into the ocean and like just traveling really. But yeah, I think that would be my, my superhero right off the top, superhero power right off the top of my head. Which superhero character like cartoon do you identify with the most like in real life mm, i'm dead um <laughs> in real okay well i would say cartoon character animated would probably be cora from Ooh. from the avatar series um yeah i i mean i also have a crush on her but still she I feel like she really reflects like a lot of parts of my life and just like her being stubborn with learning her power and you know wanting to get things like right away i've like definitely experienced that type of impatience in my life and just you know her being so like full of love and like caring for everyone um definitely resonates with me and her being just like a strong female character right. yeah and a woman of color just like you know 
Yeah, I love her. That's like yeah. So if anyone hasn't seen Legend of Korra, that's like the best show. Yes, The Legend of Korra, the second in the series for The Last Airbender Avatar series. Amazing. I've watched both probably like four times now. I'm dead. <laughs> that's rare for me. Twice. No, that's rare for me to like rewatch that many times. Well, something I didn't mm-hmm. ask you about is like spirituality. Like, is there any thing around that topic that like like influences your work or like your life or is it important to you it actually goes into the film i'm gonna talk about later so i will mention that um but yes spirituality is extremely important to me and getting in tune with myself and the earth and the world around me and the cosmos um that definitely influences i think the way that i write about things and the way that i visualize things for sure um and just like the types of uh, films I'm into. But with that being said, um, spirituality is deeply important to me and in my being and how I grow as a woman in this world and just as a person. And I think uh, we have time for one last question. And I, you asked me this the other day and it kind of ties into this question, but um, the last film that like truly moved me on a spiritual level, emotional level and just intellectual level was everything everywhere all at once I knew and <laughs> i'm gonna talk about it a little bit more later but yeah that was the movie itself is a spiritual experience i think if you let it but i'm gonna i'm gonna push that for the end of the episode but yes um extremely important to me and you know i'm also into herbalism as well yeah, Sharda always got the best teas, the best things <laughs> to use. I'm like, I try. Yeah, that was pretty much what I had to ask. The last like fun question I have is based on your favorite sitcom shows, Psych, Parks and Rex, and Insecure. Which character would you be and why? <laughs> oh man. I mean, Insecure, I would need some time, honestly, to go through the characters because I love so many of them. So I'm, that's just gonna have to be like an asterisk and I'll have to maybe go that. But out of the others, probably Psych. I'm gonna pick a character from there. (laughs) It'll probably be Gus. Um, Gus is amazing in the show. If you haven't seen Psych, it's, it's an older show. It's a comedic drama series and it's really funny. Definitely check it out. I've talked about it in the past before, but Gus is like, this fun-loving, goofy slash serious, um, just over-the-top man, and he's he's really dope. I just I love his character. He's a great friend, and he's really thoughtful, and he's just kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm dead as well. <laughs> Last question I have for your fans: Is there anything new that you're working on that we haven't heard of that you'd like to like give a little sneak peek of? Ooh, um, I will say for the show, we are going to be moving into a bigger direction, which I'm excited about. Uh, future episodes with interviews will definitely be including people that are, um, you know, professionals within the industry and within their industries. So I'm excited about that. And I am also, uh, let me see, can I, I'm writing on a script. Uh, uh, but I can't say too much about it, but I am very excited about this collaboration. And yeah, 
yeah, those are the things that I'm working on. And then personal life, you know, working on getting married. Yeah. Uh, I kind of mentioned it. Thank you. I wish you had sound effects. Recently, we got engaged in uh, March of last year and we're planning our wedding. So yeah, I'm very excited and maybe some details to come for you guys if you want. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's exciting. We about to have some new additions to the family. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, I wanted to thank you so much for being on the show today and, you know, bringing your impressive interviewing skills to the Hi. table, of course. Okay. Is there anything you would like to leave my fans with today? Um, anything that's been on your heart or, you know, just anything in general? No, I'm just happy to be on the show. Like, you know, I'm always here for more so representation. I feel like I feel like our generation is like tired of trying to work for like these old white people. So now we're <laughs> making like our own stuff, like what you have going yes. on, like films and things. And like, yes. I think that's dope. You know, like we don't need we don't need all of that. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like we can make mm -hmm. our own stuff and we I can. Like, I was so glad to interview you, you know, like I'm always interested to hear more and like you're super knowledgeable on like just the film industry in general. Oh, thanks girl. I try. I try. I try to keep up with the changes too. Yeah. But yes, we definitely, I loved having you on and I loved, um, yes, we definitely need to keep supporting each other. That's what you need to take away from today. Facts. <laughs> well, thank you so much Cass for being on, on Films and Tings. And oh, courtesy of Cass, we have the name for our fans, my little tings. I'm done. So <laughs> you can let me know in the comments um, or uh, send me a video or an audio message and tell me what you think. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks, Cass. Love you. Love you. Please go and support and listen to Sci-Fi, spelled C-Y-F-I on Apple Music and Spotify and YouTube Music as well. For today's episode, I have two movie recommendations. I couldn't just keep it down to one, especially because it's Black History Month and I've been holding these in for too long. The first is The Woman King, directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood, a black woman, AE, and it is a action drama depicting a group of all-female warriors set in the 1800s protecting an African kingdom and they're fierce they're powerful and they're dedicated and they're forced to reckon with this movie was very well done the acting is superb it's starring Viola Davis and I cannot pronounce the lead actress's name so I will leave that to the professionals and it's also starring Lashana Lynch, who's become my new favorite actress to follow. So definitely please check it out. It's such an insightful, powerful, and moving film. There are some trigger warning points, so please be aware. But again, you will enjoy this movie. It's amazing. And I definitely think that it needs more of a recognition and more of a shout out. My second movie recommendation is Everything Everywhere All at Once. This movie, categorized as a adventure sci-fi 
was something I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, I know I mentioned it earlier in the episode, but this was what I was talking about when I was saying it was a spiritual experience, if you let it. I think that this movie did such a great job on, for one, being inclusive um, culturally and generationally, as well as touching on subjects such as generational trauma and personal traumas and stigmas and just so many things and it does it in such a graceful way and a comedic way i think that the storytelling is very powerful and very um just it hits home for me personally and i know that it's loved by so many people out there but definitely if you haven't seen it you need to watch it it's amazing i've seen it twice already and then as for woman king i need to watch it again and i would love to have both of these on dvd um, that's one of the things I love to do for some of my favorite films. I just like to have versions of them on DVD. And now it's time for our interesting fact of the day. These facts were also found on OprahDaily.com as well as supported by EdTrust.org, EDTrust.org, as well as Britannica.com. Did you know that computer scientist Lisa Gelopter, hope I said that right, assisted with the 1995 creation of Shockwave, essential technology that led to the development of web animation. So we have her to thank for gifts. Lisa has worked on several pioneering internet technologies and created products that have been used by billions of people, including Shockwave, Hulu, and the ascent of online video. Most recently, she worked at the White House serving as the Chief Digital Service Officer for the Department of Education. And because it's Black History Month, of course, and the second month of the year, I have two interesting facts. So in addition to the one before with Lisa, agricultural scientist George Carver, as many of you have maybe heard of, was responsible for creating over 500 new products made from peanuts and sweet potatoes, including cooking oils, paint, and soap. Carver's work, which began for the sake of poor black sharecroppers, led to a better life for the entire South by liberating it from its environmentally destructive dependence on cotton. His efforts brought about a significant advance in agricultural training in an era when agriculture was the largest single occupation of Americans. That is all that I have for you today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that was quite a long one, but I hope that you truly enjoyed it. A gentle reminder to take care of our bodies, mind, and spirits, as well as our planet, as they're the only ones we have. Stay hydrated and don't forget to breathe. Thanks for hopping on today. Subscribe and leave a review if you can. You can support the show Films and Tings with a monthly contribution by going to www.anchor.fm backslash slash k, which is also located in each episode description. Peace and love and happy Black History Month, my little tings. Films and tings and tings and films. Films and tings and tings and.